Well, praise the Lord and welcome to the broadcast today. I'm Pastor Curtis Hutchinson and this is our Romans Bible study that we have every Monday morning and Thursday morning at 8.30 a.m. Central Time right here in my office at Crossway Church in Queen City, Texas. I do this uh, by myself in my office, but every Friday morning we have a Bible study uh, in the studio next door at 9 a.m. Central Time. It's also recorded live on my Pastor Curtis Facebook page and then later uploaded to where we upload everything we do here at Crossway Church and that is the YouTube channel, Curtis Hutchinson 316. And in the morning will be part six of our, our Jude, the book of Jude uh, study in the studio. You're welcome to come and be there if you live anywhere in this region. We have a lady that drives 30 minutes the other side of Shreveport uh, that comes most every Friday and other folks come, so we could have anywhere from one person in that Bible study to 10 or more or whatever. It's just as people can come, they come, and you're invited, not trying to get you in our church, trying to get you in the Word of God so that you can actually have a legitimate faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God, but the Word of God you're hearing must be in the proper context. Amen? Amen. Praise God. Well, again, I always put product out here. If you don't have my book yet, uh, $15 will get you that book. You can donate uh, on the website, thecrosswaychurch.com, or you can just uh, text uh, your giving. Uh, at 903-231-5950 to help us do what we do here at Crossway Church. We actually put six expositor study Bibles per week in the hands of inmates in the prison system, and that's the entire expositor study Bible, not just the New Testament. And uh, we're thankful for that. We're supporting two different works in the Philippines. We've planted a new church in Wichita Falls, Texas, and so pray about becoming a partner with us to help us do what God's called us to do. We thank you for those of you who are doing that. The other things such as CDs, uh, they're about to be a thing of the past for most people since everything we do is uh, uploaded to the YouTube channel, Curtis Hutchinson 316. It's free for you to go and listen to as long as you have internet. But... Uh, uh, we do make these for the folks who ask for them, and they're $25 each. Any three you can have for 60 And so, again, the book is $15. I'm, I promise you, it's not just a typical normal read book. It is a book full of Scripture, and the name of it is All God's Works Are Done in Truth. It will remove very much confusion from your life concerning the Bible and add a great deal of clarity if you have ears to hear. Amen. So uh, praise God. We are here in Romans chapter 8, and I will read verse 1. Uh, this is part 3 of Romans chapter 8 here on the 22nd day of August 2019. And uh, so it took two sessions to get through verse 1, and we could go another many sessions on just verse 1. But for the sake of time and rolling through this, I'm sure if the Lord tarries, we'll teach Romans again soon. But uh, let's read verse 1, then we can roll into verse 2, which is where we're going to be today. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For the law 
of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. Now, I'm asking the Lord to give us the daily bread we need to illuminate the scriptures today in our hearts. Because as he does so, we will see a greater picture of who he is and what he's done for us through the sacrifice of Christ and what we have access to right now, not after we die and get to heaven, right now. You and I need to be bearing fruit, which is the expression of Christ, the triumph that he afforded us at Calvary because Christianity is, is about us being saved and us experiencing all the blessings that God has given to us to experience in the here and now. <clears throat> but mainly, and hear this, mainly Christianity is to be an expression for others, an attitude toward others, the character of Christ toward others. Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 13, 4, that Christ was crucified through weakness, yet he lives unto the power of God. For we also are weak in him, but we live with him by the power of God. Listen to the last two words, toward others. The reason God is bringing his remnant back to a place they forsaken as the church long ago. The place in simple, exclusive faith in nothing but the sacrificial work of Christ at Calvary is so that they can literally walk in a place where their fruit is the expression of Christ, the knowledge of Christ, 2 Corinthians 2, 14 through 16, that is a sweet-smelling aroma to God. The church you go to is not a sweet-smelling aroma to God. Your preacher and all the things that we name, no. The Bible says that if he's leading us, it'll be in the triumph of Christ, 2 Corinthians 2, 14 through 16. If he's leading us, it'll be in the triumph. And the knowledge of that triumph of Christ in our lives, the knowledge of that is a sweet-smelling aroma unto God. Not just where we go to church and how much we've done. No, the knowledge of Christ as it pertains to the triumph he's given us is a sweet-smelling aroma unto God. There is no sweet-smelling aroma unto God without the sacrifice. Everything that faith is tied to must be first and foremost in its only true object, the sacrifice of Christ. There we experience communion with God, victory, peace, joy, strength, love. Everything God has for us comes through our faith in the sacrifice or its make-believe even for what's called Christianity today. If it's not faith in the sacrifice then it's not even faith in God's word. Because God says all his words, all the words of his mouth are in righteousness. Proverbs 8 and 8. And Romans 1, 16 and 17 tell us that the righteousness of God is revealed in the gospel from faith to faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, but it's God's word in its righteous context. Again, Proverbs 8 and 8. That means in its gospel form or it's out of context. It's just that narrow and that's just for you today because God wants you to forsake everything 
that you have trusted in other than him, which is exclusively done through your faith in what his son did for you at Calvary, trusting in any other thing means we fall from grace, we move away from where God works. Think about that. Watch this. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Now notice the very first word in verse 2 is for. And I've taught for quite a while that that means because... And it does, but when you look at that and you see down in verse 7, the first word is the word because, then that forced me to go and really look up that little three-letter word that we, that we call for. And, and, I, and I did something for me and for you, and I wanted to share it with you this morning. The word for. When a scripture begins with the word for, that means... There is a reason, it's assigning a reason with an intensification. You look it up in the Greek, you'll find that's the very uh, 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 definition of that word. For is to assign a reason with intensity. So watch this. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit, here comes the intensified reason because of that. Because after you read verse 1, just imagine you're sitting there listening to me. And I say, there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. And if you didn't really know, you'd say, well, why or how? And the Spirit of God would say, well, here's the intensified reasoning behind that. Because the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. That's the reasoning with intensity, with a greater uh, illumination, a greater, well, how is it that there's no condemnation for me now that I'm in Christ and uh, uh, if I walk after the spirit and not after the flesh? Because the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. And we see right there the mention of the cross without using the word cross. Because where were we made free from the law of sin and death? It's obviously here the law of the spirit of life in Christ is what delivered us from, freed us from the law of sin and death that all humanity is born into because the first Adam is all of our daddy. No matter what color you are, where you're at in the world, when you get here in this life, your daddy is the Adam that was in the Garden of Eden. Him and Eve is the parents of all creation. And you were born dead in your sins. You were born under the law of sin and death. You cannot keep the law. He'll go on to explain this with greater reasoning of intensity. Do you understand? I hope this is helping you today because when God tells you something, he, he then begins to explain it with greater intensity, with greater illumination if you will believe what he's written in the proper context. Never look at God's word outside of the shed blood of Jesus. Not because of it, 
but yet through it today, daily cross is what Jesus taught. Not you took up your cross, you believed in his cross, that's what got you in, now God's doing a new thing. No, the cross of Christ is the new thing God did to make streams of living water in the desert and, 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 and dry places. You need to, God ain't doing a new thing in your church. You'll hear that, well, man, if they come to our church, man, they can experience the new thing God's doing in our... No, the new thing is the cross of Christ. It's the only thing God's provided that makes new creations, hallelujah, and teaches them how to live as the new creation who was created in righteousness and true holiness, Ephesians 4.24. So watch this. Because the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death, we know that happened through our faith in what Christ did at Calvary. That's where anybody who's been freed from the law of sin and death was freed there and there alone, not by what they did. Anybody that's talking about what they did to be freed is still without grace. They're still bound under law. They're still talking about how they're going to work their way in. They're still talking about, uh, and, and they'll get real spiritual on you. They'll say, yeah, I believe in that about Christ, but we also have to justify. We have to qualify. Let me tell you something. Christ finished the work. All you're responsible to do now is to believe upon him. Hallelujah. And what he provided for you at Calvary. Obviously, yes. When your faith is properly placed in Christ and what he did at Calvary, there will be fruit, but it will not be yours. It will be the fruit of the Spirit. Yes, the Lord contributes that to you, attributes that to you as fruit you're bearing only if the Holy Spirit is doing the work. Therefore, we come to the law of the Spirit of life, who is the Comforter, the Spirit of Truth, the Holy Spirit. Every name the, the, the Word of God gives us for the Holy Spirit, this is just another title, the law of the Spirit of life, because there is no life Jesus is the life. He said he was, but there is no distributor of that life without the Spirit of God. Somebody said amen. Jesus offers life through what he did at Calvary. Our faith in that, the Holy Spirit, who is the Spirit of life, begins to work according to a law that he is confined to. Don't get scared on me. People, well, my brother, you're putting God in a box. You can't put God in a box, and we're not putting God in a box. The Bible, listen, Jesus is confined to a place he works. The Holy Spirit is confined within a place he works. Nobody's ever been saved unless they come to faith in Christ and what he did at Calvary, period. Jesus as Redeemer. Even in the Old Testament, there was no salvation unless they looked for a Savior who would redeem them through shed blood. They did not know all the details, but God gave them enough to know the seed of the woman through a sacrifice that you won't perform, I'll do it. it way back from the Garden of Eden, they could be saved. Jesus couldn't perform many miracles in his hometown because of unbelief. He didn't go ahead and perform them anyway. The Bible says he couldn't perform many miracles because of unbelief. 
Nobody's putting God in a box, but God has limited himself to the place he works. It's called truth. Psalms 33, 4, for those of you who may be new watching us, says this. Here's a book filled with the explanation of that scripture. Psalms 33, 4, for the word of the Lord is right. Anything contrary to the word of the Lord or twisted against the word is wrong. Listen, for the word of the Lord is right and all his works are done in truth. Jesus is the truth. What he did at Calvary is what makes him the truth. Well, how do you know that? Here's how we know that. Jesus taught in John chapter 8, when you know the truth, the truth shall make you free. And he was talking about being free from sin. When you know who he is and what he came to do at the cross and believe it, you will be free. Romans chapter 6 verse 7 said, He that is dead is free from sin. Well, which one is it? He that's dead is free from sin or, or he that knows the truth? Listen, they're one and the same. When you know the truth and you've learned that the truth is Jesus and what he did at Calvary, that he died for you and that you were crucified with him and because you died with him by faith, you're free from sin. But there is no freedom outside of that narrow path. We'll share something else with you this morning. God loves all the world so much. Watch this. Do you see it? That he gave his son. He ain't loving folk out here and all this other. No. God so loved the world, all the world. Oh, but here it comes. That he gave his only begotten son that narrow path. Oh, God loves everybody. Yes, he does. But the experience of that love can't take place except by the Holy Spirit who works within the perimeters of a new law. You see, the Bible tells us in Hebrews chapter 7 that because the priesthood changed, we're no longer under a Aaronic priesthood, but now we're under the new an eternal priesthood after the order of Melchizedek, Jesus being the final and the great, greatest high priest. Because the priesthood changed, there was a necessity also of the law being changed. New priesthood, new law. Glory to God. The law is no longer being written in stones, but it's now being written in our minds and our hearts. Praise God. Think about that. And, the, and the, the, the age we're living in right now is the age of the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, which always speaks of the work of Christ. If you've never heard this, I pray that you would hear it today with the ears of that inner man. In him, in Christ, through him, by him, everything when it talks about it, in him is speaking of what he did at Calvary. For there and only there can the word, the phrase in him be experienced. Can we take a, a side trail and look at something this morning? 2 Corinthians 13, 4. For those of you who love the word, you're going to love this. For though he, speaking of Jesus, was crucified through weakness humbled himself, became weak, 
didn't use his own strength, but yet humbled himself and became obedient unto death, the death of the cross. Watch this. For though he was crucified through weakness, yet he lives by the power of God. We're talking about his death and his resurrection. Watch this same verse. 2 Corinthians 13, 4. For we also are weak in him. Doesn't say we're strong in him. It says we're weak in him. In him. Romans 6, 3 says we were baptized into Christ by being baptized into his death. Not a water baptismal tank. That's something that happens after salvation. The Holy Spirit immersed us into the very body of Christ by immersing us into his death where Christ through weakness and by the grace of God was tasting death for us is the same place you and I are told to walk in him just like we received him, Colossians 2.6. And it's a place of weakness where we're not depending on ourselves and our gifts and our talents and our strengths and our the times we live in and anything other. We are, we're considered weak. That we look weak to the world. The church doesn't like to look weak, but we are weak in him. But watch. For we also are weak in him, but we shall live with him by the power of God towards you. You get that? Faith in the sacrifice of Christ has an appearance and really an experience of weakness. Jesus hanging on the cross, my friend. All the power he had manifested, all the miracles, all the healings, all the things he did when he was on that cross... It had an appearance. Whatever he had, the power he had, well, he don't have it no more. He appeared to be weak. And he had to be weak because God's strength can't be made perfect without weakness. God's grace is God's strength being made perfect in our weakness. God doing something in our weakness because we've come to the realization we can't do it. I need Christ. I need his work at Calvary. I need the Holy Spirit. And the law of the Spirit of the law the Holy Spirit works within the perimeters of is in Christ Jesus. My faith in the sacrifice of Christ. For that and only that allows the Holy Spirit to work in my life. For all God's works are done in truth. Psalms 33, 4. You can't get around it. There have been preachers who cut me off for preaching literally the word of God. Psalms 33, 4. The word of the Lord is right and all his works, all his works are done in truth. You know what that tells anybody with a small, even a small IQ? If all God's works are done in truth, then outside of truth, God is not, come on, help me somebody, He's not working. That's why the Galatians were told in chapter 5, verses 1 through 4. And the church in Sardis was told in Revelation 3, 1 through 6, that they're dead. They're fallen from grace, fallen from the place where God can work. Because God operates in this one way, faith and grace. Outside of that, He's only resisting us. You might say, well, God resisting us is God working. We're talking about working to glorify God. The work of God 
the work of God in the believer's life that brings him glory. Where we're no longer grieving the Holy Spirit. Do you know most, I mean 99, at least 99% of the church today is grieving and resisting the Lord, causing him to resist them. If we deny him, he will deny us. How do we deny him? When we're trusting in anything other than the simplicity of Christ, faith in the cross, his sacrifice there for us, we're denying God. We deny God in our works, Titus 1.16. How many years did I deny God? Was I saved? Yes. Did I tell people the truth about what Christ did at Calvary and see them saved? Yes. Many through the years. But did I ever tell them the way to live in victory? No. I began to tell them as soon as they were saved, now you've got to do these things if you want to experience deliverance from those things because when we're born again, we're not just totally delivered. There's still some things, many things that have to be removed day by day. But I began to tell them what they had to do to see those things removed. And that's law. That's works. That's not simple faith in Christ. And when we try to add to a completed work at Calvary, which should sound foolish enough to prevent us from doing it, but it doesn't because when we show up in this life, we're taught if you work hard, you'll be rewarded for it. If you do good, you'll be rewarded good. If you do bad, you'll be rewarded bad. And all those things are factual statements, but when it comes to Christianity, there's only one work God honors so much that he allows the grace that Jesus tasted death by, Hebrews through 9, to take away the sins of the world, that grace, that, that strength there was made so perfect that that grace can continue to flow in your life today, but only by the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of life, through that confined place. You need to understand that. Preachers who come along after us that preach this word and they followed Paul around saying, yeah, 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 but, listen, you better run from the big butters. You better run from the big butts. Oh, yeah, Christ in the cross, but, oh, no, no, I'm running from that. Listen, you can't add to a completed work. You can't add to a perfect work. All you can do is walk in that in the way you received him, Colossians 2, 6. As you have therefore received the Lord Jesus Christ, so, meaning like so, walk ye in him. In that place of weakness is the only place you can live with him by the power of God. Think about that. We also were weak in him, 2 Corinthians 13, 4. But we shall live with him by the power of God towards you. This is, the, this is what the message of the cross is about. Christians run from weakness. Christians run from suffering. But in our time of suffering, in our time of weakness, there's where God's strength is made perfect. There's where grace is really afforded us when we realize we're weak and we have to, have, not because I get in the pulpit and say, well, Lord, I can't do anything without you today, although that's factual. Lord, I need you. That's factual. And we go through this routine of saying these things, and there's absolutely nothing wrong with saying these things, but we better sure know it in our hearts that without him, I can't do anything. This message is going to be one big flop unless he's given me the words to say. Think about that. 
If it's not by the grace of God, then it's just me functioning. And here's what I know. When God finds true legitimate faith, he gives true legitimate grace. And where there's true legitimate grace, there's true legitimate fruit of that grace. Hallelujah. That's the fruit of the Holy Spirit. That's the fruit of the righteousness of Christ. Glory to God. Hallelujah. That's the fruit of the spirit of life. And we're, we're experiencing the triumph of Christ. And, and we're being led by the spirit in that triumph. And that knowledge is a sweet aroma to God. Hallelujah. But if it's not by faith and grace, biblically, meaning specifically, the Holy Spirit through this law, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, through my faith in the cross alone, not a one-time deal that gets me in now. No. Denying myself daily. Remaining in that weak place. I'm not talking about asceticism where I don't put sugar in my tea or I sleep on the floor without a pillow. And I, and any induced, self-induced suffering is not the suffering that the Bible talks about. The sufferings the Bible talks about is that which we face because of our faith in the cross of Christ. That is our fellowship of the sufferings of Christ when we're fellowshipping with the very provision of Calvary. And that, my friend, will bring about criticism from the world to you. And the church is full of the world, so, so most a lot of the church is going to reject the true ministers, the true believers today. If you make it all about the cross, you're going to be rejected. Because most of the church thinks that's a place of weakness. And they're absolutely right. To walk in Christ is to be weak, yet to experience the power of God, the strength of God made perfect in that weakness toward others. That's powerful. We're out of time. We've got to go. But today is Thursday. We'll be back Monday morning here at 8.30 a.m. Central Time. Uh, with another session in this Romans teaching. Bring your Bibles. Please tell some folks about this teaching. Share it on social media however you can. Remember the YouTube channel is Curtis Hutchinson 316. Tomorrow we'll be in the studio at 9 a.m. teaching the book of Jude. Join us there live on my Pastor Curtis Facebook page. And don't forget to pray for us and don't forget to sow a good seed into this good ground and God will bring a harvest in your life. When he finds seed going into where the true gospel is being preached, you will experience a blessing because of that. Guaranteed. Well, I love you. God bless you. And until next time, stay determined to know absolutely nothing but Christ and him crucified. See you then. <laughs>